but to everybody who's watching today, this is Alyssa and this is Tia. Uh, we're going to be talking about some businesses today, um, and they both have their own. So we're going to be starting um, with Tia, whose business is entitled EC Nurse, and I'm going to let her tell you a little bit about her business, if she will. Okay. Hi, so I'm Tia, as you guys know. Uh, my business is EC Nurse, so I started... Uh, a natural skincare uh, business and I actually started when I first went natural with like my hair and I think around that time everybody was YouTubing like how to care for your natural hair and making uh, butters for your hair and that's pretty much how I started. I started making the butters for my hair and then eventually started using it, using it on my skin and from there I just um made it a business. Like I would give it to my friends and families to try out. And then someone actually it was Emperor was like, you should start selling this. So I eventually started selling it. But uh, actually this month makes my two year anniversary as a business owner. And originally my name was actually Grace with Nature, but then I changed it to EC Nourish and my kids um, names are Ethan and Caleb. So they're like my inspiration for that. And that's my business. And I have uh, body butters. I have home fragrance now. So I make candles, um, room sprays, everything. I research myself I'm in the kitchen, making it myself and shipping, like doing everything myself. So that's my my business. Okay. All right. Thank you. And then we'll go with Alyssa. And hers is the Sanctify brand. So we'll let her go ahead and talk about that. Yes. I feel like I need to go visit her website though i'm all for <laughs> body butters and candles and stuff yes i'm definitely going when i have yes um, <laughs> the sanctify brand um as you can see it's in apparel line but it's actually a creativity firm that's what i tell everyone because my background is in graphic design um but i actually started with just a shirt and i was fine being settled there. I was kind of like, you know, sanctify. It was cute at the time, you know, like I'm sanctified and I'm fly because that's one of those, uh, it's the dichotomy that we have to deal with when we are church girls, pretty much in a nutshell. Um, it's that I know, I know the Lord, but I don't want to look like I don't take care of myself or that, um, I'm not intelligent or things like that. So I started it with that, um, like the, we were juxtaposition of being sanctified and fly. And then the more that it grew, it started to develop into this big thing. So I kind of had to catch up. Um, so that's pretty much where it is. I started six years ago, actually. And um, here we are. And I'm excited about how it's growing and the organic growth that it has. So I'm excited about that. But um, yeah, that's who I am. I'm the sanctified chick is what you'll hear some people refer to me as. But um, that's the sanctify brand. I'm excited about it. <laughs> okay, good. When I when I hear the sanctify brand specifically, I think of that one song by Kira Shear, and I think it's Canton Jones, and it's like I'm repping my God. Do you know what song I'm talking no. about? But yeah. I think about that song when I, when I see your shirts. When I see your shirts, so we're gonna hop right into some of our questions. Um, this first question is basically for you two. Um, if anybody else has anything. To uh, input please do uh what basically inspired you to start your business i think you both kind of have already answered it uh tia you said like you kind of started your your hair journey with natural which is like a big thing that a lot of us are doing and like 
Alyssa, like a question, a, a brand new question kind of already formed in my mind because that is something that you hear all the time. I think you said like um, a lot of times when you hear like, oh, well, I'm sanctified, but you can't be fly too. So if you right. kind of hear that stigma like, well, what you doing? You can't be fly and be sanctified too. It's like, yes, I can. So if I'm I correct, see. those were both of your answers, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. That was both okay. Of them. Okay. Good. Did anybody anybody else have any input? I don't, I don't think so. But did you? No. Okay. Good. All right. So the next question I have here is: How important is it for us to support our black-owned businesses? And I think this is a big thing, especially around this time, because it's a lot of different type of hate crime going on, and a lot of different things being said, especially over social media. So why or how important is it for us to support our black owned businesses? Absolutely. It's very important <laughs> um, because black owned businesses are typically smaller to begin with. Um, and not only are we smaller, but we actually end up not having as much access to a lot of things just naturally. Um, like funding and things like that, we don't typically have access to. So, and it really doubles because we're black owned business and we're women too. So it's almost like we have, we're starting businesses with two strikes against us. Um, so it's very important for people to support because I tell someone every time you support me, you're supporting firsthand my daughter. You're supporting um, the legacy that I'm leaving for her. But then you're also, I do a lot of um, philanthropy work. So most and most black owned businesses do you'll find that as you start doing it they typically have something that they're devoted to something else that they're giving into so it's super important because there's usually a mission behind it and it's not um we can show you it's great it's the saying we can show you better than we can tell you because you'll see how we are giving directly to a thing and to those that are surrounding us so i think it's super important to support black owned businesses just to keep them going and um to grow our community the way that we do. Yeah, I would I would say the same thing. Um, we are, like she said, we already have the underhand with being black and women running a business, but um, it's very important to support black businesses because, you know, we're already at the bottom. Like there's already a racial gap with the money and, like we can't get there unless we support our own. And it's not to say like that you don't support any other businesses, but it's right. very important to support your own. And not only that, it like helps circulate that money in our black community, like in our neighborhoods, um, it closes the, the financial racial gap. So the more, you know, we support our own, we can get up there and be on the same level as our, you know, white businesses. So I think it's very important to support each other. Um, I definitely think so too, um, especially in the times that we live in. It's important as a black woman uh, to to be to have support uh, because women, like you said, are already at the bottom. And then when you are a woman of color, it's like sometimes you're looked at in a specific way. I'll just say it that way. And when right. you have authority as it is and you're a female, it's like you're already looked down on. So I, I definitely agree. Um, and that's not just when you're a business owner. That could be when you're at work and you have a specific position. It doesn't even have to be that you Absolutely. have yeah. authority. If you yeah. know something more so than your coworker and you are, I mean, it just is anywhere, you know. So I, I definitely agree with that. I yeah. definitely agree. Um, 
Anybody else have a comment before I go to them? Yeah, um, I just think it's important to keep the dollars circulating in our community. Um, and on top of that, it's, you know, stuff happens and we're so quick to say, oh, we got to lift up and support each other. But then when it's time to put, you know, words into action, people were like, mm, you know, trying to hold them to their dollars. But like, that's how you support, like you, you lift up the black businesses or whatever other ways. But if you're, if we're going to be that tight knit community and, you know, support each other, this is how it's not always going to be free. <laughs> you know, got to spend a little right. money right. to support. So I think you it's not really always important. Get a discount. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so I think it's really important, you know, just even just as an encouragement, it could just be a little side hustle or something they want to grow, but one way or the other, I think it's really important. Yeah. And on top of that, I'm glad you mentioned the discount thing, because I do think I had posted a status not too long ago, and I said the reason why our community, and, and nobody listening, because I know there are listeners, even if it's on a podcast, any any race that we support is very important. You know, if somebody's trying to uh, start a business, or if it's small or large, it's very important to support, support all races. But when it comes to, like, a specific race, especially our race, I had posted a status on Facebook not too long ago, and I was like, the reason why we don't win is because we don't support each other. Um, but I do want to mention the discount thing because we do have a habit of well I can speak for me I know I often they have a habit of if it's a friend or if it's somebody that we know even if they're a foe but we know them friend or foe we expect a discount because even like Ayana when she's done like photography or something like that I'm like you know I stick my neck out was like I'm not <laughs> I'm not paying like her face because I tell her like I'm not paying hour because I look at your website this is for you know your other customers but I'm not one of them they should be like yes sweetie you are you know you know but that's how that's like what we expect but it's like you you have to if it was somebody else you would pay so you know you have to get out of the habit of thinking that you're always going to get a discount or whatever it might be because you know the individual we don't support our own races and I I can say this and give my be clear about it I went to a hair store and I just saw like everybody looked like me in the hair store but the owners didn't look like me and I was like man if I had my own hair store or if my friend had her own hair store do you know what she would be doing to get these matches that you're about to stick on here or <laughs> or whatever but whatever you about to do because I got all this stuff in my hand so and you know and I'm just like what you mean sis like so I'm just like right. man like look at what we're doing and this is why we cannot win because we don't think about it like man what can I do to have my own you know so, and again, this is no offense to anybody else, but it's just, we really have to learn how to support. We really, really do. So, can, yeah. can I add something to that? Um, that's also important to think about because um, people will say, man, your price is high or I can go to Bath and Body Works. Like, how come you can't provide the same? Well, I'm not on Bath and Body Works level and Bath and Body Works have the funding and the resources like those already established businesses they have those resources and us starting out you know we don't have that like most of this is coming out of our own pocket we don't have the access Absolutely. To and you know the resources so it, it's kind of like I know for me when I started out I was always handing out discounts and somebody told me you need to stop doing that because when they go to Target and buy a skincare product or a candle they're not asking target for a discount and mm -hmm. i was like you know what i never thought about it like that absolutely i'm gonna add to that too um and i think a lot of times we're as business owners we're more apt to do it because when you first start you believe that your target audience are the people that you know 
So you start off from the jump with the people that I know are going to support me. So because I know them, I'm going to automatically give a discount out. Mm -hmm. That shifted for me when I realized that there were people that didn't know me that were actually a part of my target audience. So it was people that had never met me a day in my life. Um, I remember specifically when I first started Sanctify, I'm like, okay, you know, this is how much it is and people would buy it. And of course they would get discounts and I'm like, no, it's fine. You can take it. And then a church came to me and it was the craziest thing that ever happened. It was like my largest order starting off. Um, a church came to me and wanted to order shirts for their youth day. And I was like, cool, that's fine. But they didn't want a discount. So they ordered like 70 some shirts. And I was like, okay, uh, all right. <laughs> but it started to shift my mind. I'm like, wait, people are actually, they. I have a quality product. And I think that's the kicker too. Having a quality product that people want to buy, it'll make you a bit more confident to be like, no, these are my prices. Because if I'm selling a shirt and it doesn't feel good, or it doesn't last long, it starts to fade after two washes. Um, you know, people aren't gonna support me, but if I have a quality product, no, uh, yeah. It's important to support and to pay full price for it. And before I move on, do y'all ever, or do you ever, I guess you shouldn't, but do you ever think about showing someone like, well, hey, this is, or at least telling them, well, this is coming out of my pocket. So do you ever show people that or? anything like that or you just don't kind of bother with that because it is easier to assume that well this is high you know but then you don't know what they're like like my mom always says like oh walmart they make the money but then my dad his argument is like well you don't know how much money they lose in other things like you might think they make money but they also lose a lot of money a lot more money than what we see so do you ever think of or do you ever think like hey maybe i should show consumers or show customers like you know i i put all this money out or i guess it's something that you never think of uh, for me, it depends on the intention of the person I'm talking to, because sometimes people will ask those questions with it's a negative connotation underlying it. Mm -hmm. You're trying to like figure me out. <laughs> so most of those people I won't. I usually try to fill people out, but um, I never give anyone a full scope of anything that I do um, just because everybody's not as honest and as true as we'd like for them to be. So I kind of don't, but um, yeah, in the same sense, I don't really go into detail because I feel like people that are that concerned about um, like those details of what I have, it's kind of like, all right, after all these questions that you know what, I don't even want you to buy a shirt right now <laughs> after this, because like you've sent me through like a 10 minute conversation and I, you either want a shirt or you don't. Um, so I kind of really try to not get into deep conversations with that because people, it's draining if you have to keep doing it. And I'm sure Tia can say that too. Like yeah. that's draining to have to explain your process over and over again. Yeah, I, I have the, have had the same experience in the past, like at a pop-up event and, uh, someone was just asking, asking why is it priced this way or, you know, what makes your product different and, you know, just trying to get like all these unnecessary details. And at the end of the day, I already know in the back of my head, you're not even about to buy this. So I'm not even going to waste my time and not to say like, I don't, I'm particular to who I sell to. It's just, you can, I've learned to read people energy. And if you already came with like a negative approach, I already know like, you're just, 
someone who complains a lot or you're not even right. about it. So I'm not even going to waste my time because I could be talking to someone else who really, you know, want to know how it benefits them and they're actually going to purchase it to use or give to somebody else who can actually like it'll help them out. Yeah, I understand that. The, um, how have you all been able to balance um, like you all's pricing? Because obviously you have to price your stuff in a way to, of course, make profit back, but you also don't want to like cap yourself to where you're priced too high. And obviously you don't be able to get um, business. And that was one of the things like when I, you know, with photography is like, okay, I want to make money, but I also don't want to be, you know, priced too high. So how do y'all balance the two? For me, one of the things that helps me is, it's funny because often they mention my husband. My husband is actually an accountant. So every, my approach to everything has always been a very analytical approach. So he's like, all right, if this is how much it costs us to make the shirt, and this is how much time it's gonna cost you to pack this shirt and do everything else. And then you have to add on the fact that you have a growing brain. So we always basically, um. I approach everything with an analytical matter, like an analytical mindset. It's a logical matter. So um, one of the things that I tell people all the time is to create your profit margin. And that's pretty much how much you want to make, how much percentage do you want to make off of all of your products? So I have that number in my head and I do not back down from that number. So whatever it costs me to make it, I automatically times it by my profit margin and that's my price. Regardless of how much, sometimes I'm like, I don't want to, that's expensive. And it never failed, like stuff would sell out. So although you think that people won't pay for it, people will. Um, there is a paper clip, and I'm not kidding. There's a paper clip on, um, I think it's Tiffany and company. It is a paper clip that costs, I believe it is $1,500. If they can sell a paper clip for $1,500, like you have nothing to say to me about my price. Um, it's like a Yo, jumbo paper clip. <laughs> like, um, yeah, it's like a it's like a paperweight, but it was literally a paper clip and it cost $1,500. And I was like, yeah, I'm good. Um, I don't really have to. And again, that goes back to thinking of your target audience. Who exactly are you trying to um, market to? Because you have to think about it. if. And you have to be honest about if people around you are always complaining about like, you know, I don't have I'm broke this month or I don't have this and that. Literally, those aren't the people that are going to make you a millionaire. Like they aren't really the ones. So you have to step outside of your zone to get to those people that are going to pay you what you're worth. And that's how you're going to become a millionaire. Yeah, I would say for me, um, I had to learn that um, because when I started out, my prices were really low. And I was not bringing in any type of profit at all. And I met someone um, who does a similar business and they explained some things to me um, because I, I didn't really know how to do the whole calculating your profit and cost of, you know, making things. So I had to do my research and that's pretty much how I price my items. Like, OK, how much does it cost for me to make this? get the ingredients, my time, you know, all that pays into part. And that's how I come up with my prices. And, um, you know, like she said, everyone is not going to be your customer. You have a certain target audience. And I had to learn that because, you know, 
I'm thinking like, oh, I got my people or, you know, I think they're about it because, you know, it's fine skin. They like this type of stuff and realize like that's not really my target audience. And I've learned that as well. Like yeah. you do have to put people think running a business is super easy, but you have to put in your uh, your work and your research to learn. Because that's the only way we're going to keep our businesses growing is to, you know, do your research on things like that. Yeah, and it's also about trial and error, seeing what works and what doesn't work. So um, pretty much, you know, you live and you learn and you see what works for you and what doesn't, you know, as you continue to grow. So, yeah. Yeah. Ayana, your mom said you that was a great question. I just wanted to tell you that. I saw that comment. <laughs> okay. So, y'all, my next question is, we've kind of already tapped into some of this, in a sense. Um, but why does it seem as though our Black-owned businesses aren't supported as much as our other businesses are? And again, to all of my listeners, oh, God. I don't know what happened to it, but can y'all hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Um, I'm not saying that it's not, we should not support other businesses, but again, you two are women, you're women of color, and you own your own business. Um, so why does it seem as though they're not supported as much as other businesses are? Um, I'd say the first thing is that sometimes, even as being labeled as a Black-owned business, sometimes we get comfortable in that and we think that we can just put anything out. Yeah. So that's the first thing. Um, so <laughs> because we'll be like, uh, yeah, because I'm a Black-owned business, so everybody Black should just support me. Mm -hmm. But we actually don't have a quality product. So a part of that sometimes is why Black-owned businesses aren't supported as much. The first part is it has to be a business that's worth supporting, whether it's black, white, Asian, or whatever. It has to be a business that is worth supporting. And then the second part is, I think sometimes that um, as black people, we are not honest about what we're actually willing to pay for, um, where our mindset is. Because you think about it, you go, somebody won't, the lowest price shirt on my site, I'll say this, is like $24.99, I think, or something like that. Um, and I have people that will say, I'm not, I'm not paying that much for a shirt. Okay. Um, but we will, I've gone out to eat with them and they literally spend $50 on food. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. So I think sometimes people just don't consider what it is that you do. And they don't consider that you actually have a quality product. Um, so just naturally, they just won't spend money because they don't even think about it. But we spend money on things that are far um, less important. Um, we will, like I said, we will eat $50. Like if you talk to somebody, like how many times they eat out in a week? They'll calculate it. Uh, how many times you eat now? So you literally ate that money. Yeah. But you won't spend that same money in a black-owned business. Talking so good, y'all. Like, y'all know this right up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> so then it's kind of like uh, it's not really that you don't. Um, it's not really that I don't have a quality product because that's the first part. Some people sometimes people just don't want to spend money. Um, so you have to look outside of that. Again, like we talked earlier, I think they're not supported as much because sometimes within our circle they don't value what we do and who we are. Um, so it's kind of like, eh, 
whatever. I've had people that were in my circle that didn't really understand Sanctify, like what it, what, where my mind was going with it. But now as it's growing, it's like, oh, that's what she was trying to do. That's what she was trying to build. And now it's getting notoriety with other people. So then it makes it more apparent. So it's kind of like a black owned businesses, we have to work harder, 10 times harder at a thing before people will be like, oh, that's what they're trying to do. So I think that's a part of it. One, we don't always have um, good business. And then um, in the other aspect, um, people just don't understand what it is that we do. Yeah. I I was going to say something similar. Um, people don't understand what it means to like run a business. A lot of people have in their head just from talking with, you know, customers, they expect you when you started your business to already be on this high level. Like I mentioned, Bath and Body Works or Target um, or any like even black um, hair care business. People think they started off up here and they started off just like how we did, like in my case, they started off just like me making products in their home, in their kitchen, and they eventually got to that high level. So I think that's one reason why they don't support us because they expect us to have those same, you know, um, be on the same level as already established businesses. And a lot of times we can't um, provide um, services like that because we don't have the resources or the funds. And then a lot of people they just think because we're black, like, oh, this is not, like she said, a quality product or right. um, they're just doing this. Like if when people find out that I actually make my products myself, then they kind of understood, oh, she's making it. So I see why she charges price or, you know, I'll support her. A lot of people, when I started out, thought that I was buying this from like a vendor and slapping the label on it. It's like, no, <laughs> I researched this on my own <laughs> in my kitchen experiments and, you know, making, reading whatever resources I need to read and study so I can learn how to provide what I want to do. Like, this is something that I enjoy doing, you know, I love the fact of having healthy skin and healthy hair, as well as having like a home that smells good, providing self-care options for people at an affordable cost. So, you know, I think a lot of times people don't really understand what it means to run a business or how you get to certain levels. And that's probably why they don't support us as much. And for the simple fact, like people don't like to say it, but it is because of our skin color on top of that. We are like, we said Absolutely. that in the beginning, like people can say all they want. That's not the case, but it really is. And the people of our own color who don't support us is because they're expecting to get a discount or expect us to be, like I said, on somebody's level who's already high up and established and we can't, we're not the same business. So you're going to support me or you're not, and not to sound rude about it, but you know, at some point, it's like, okay. You go, go ahead. That one's bubbling your soul. Keep going. Go <laughs> okay. Are you going to support or are you just going to be negative? Because that's not helping anybody at all. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And even think uh, to piggyback off of that, what she said about, like, expecting us to be on a certain level. Like, when brands buy things in complete bulk, like, when you're buying, like, a thousand shirts, you only, you might pay $2 for a shirt. You know what I mean? But if you're only buying 50 shirts or you're only buying 100 shirts, that price difference is a huge difference. So people have to, like she said, understand that we're not coming in with 
you know, at, what did Donald Trump say? A small million dollar loan from his father. <laughs> We're not coming in with that. So we, of how we deal with things and how we price, we have to price it based off of what we can afford to do right now. And okay. I also want to say, I, I feel like oh. it might be hard for us. One more thing. might be hard for us because some people, some Black-owned businesses, and this, to be honest, this can be any race. Um, they, like you said, they're not selling a quality product and they don't provide quality service. So then when it's time to support another Black-owned business, they already got that in the back of their mind. Like, what? this another Black-owned business. I already know I'm not about to get you know, quality service, like, don't judge me based off your experience with another business. Like, I work right. hard to make sure my stuff look perfect. And if I realize I sent something out that's not of good quality, I'm quick to text, email, or just send something in the mail to replace that because I don't want to have a bad name. Right. Like, <laughs> that one was really bubbling to you. I felt that <laughs> one. Uh, <laughs> but no, I agree. But one thing I often say is like sometimes as being people of people of color in general, we do give ourselves a name. I don't want to, I want to mm -hmm. be careful how I word this because I don't want any like, um, sometimes we do things and that's why people, that is why people, they assume things. It's like, if, if it's like, let's say we always walking somewhere and we are walking into a restaurant and they might be like, Hi, uh, table for five. <laughs> you know, like, you know, absolutely. You know, do, am I making sense? Am I spelling it out without actually spelling it out? Okay. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> at the same time, when Tia just said so strongly how Tia was, you know, saying those things, it's like, okay, you, let's say you did have a shower steamer that was like cracked or something like that. But Bath and Body Works, my friends know me because I know this is really bad, but I shop. And but I am that customer that will go back and mess your body works and be like, okay, my camera's cracked. You know, so <laughs> I am that person. But my, my point is that they're not gonna stop going to Target because the shirt got a crack right. or a crack in the litter or so you know what I mean? So what makes them not come to a black owned business? Because I think we just like to complain. That's what I think it is. And we, again, Absolutely. back to what I said about the hair store, we <laughs> complain against our own, but nothing stops you from going. Go, it's like sometimes where just nothing stops them from going to the other places because everything's not perfect. I go to Beth and Body Works and there's a candle. It don't have the right top on it. I still win. Some don't have no tops when it's the sale for the, um, you know, that red duck bag. Y'all know what I'm talking about? What is it? Semi-annual <laughs> They still be all over the place in there. They still in there. I'm still in there sometimes. So it don't stop me from going. You know, right. so I think because we just like to complain about things, really. Absolutely. Um, does anybody else have a comment? I, mean, I guess I would like to say, I don't think that's always true. <laughs> you know? Like, I'm sorry, y'all. I had a lot of technical difficulties from product to product to product. The Surface Pro wasn't working. The audio on iPad wasn't working. That MacBook was dead. But... I feel like I give the benefit of the doubt. Like I support everybody. Even if I'm not going to wear it, I give you one time and one time only. And I think that a lot of times, if we're honest about it, a lot of our black owned businesses, first of all, they don't have the customer service. Like, let me, and I'm just going to use Tia because I, I had never met you, Alyssa. I respect the fact that I ordered something from her and she was like, you know what? I don't have any of this scent 
you know, you want something else? If you don't want this, let me, it's going to take a little bit longer for me to get it to you because my vendor is out of this. I respect that. A lot of the time, Black-owned right. businesses don't do that. They want to be rude. They want you to buy from their products. And it's like, you don't even have the customer SERP. I'm not going back to Bath and Body Works. If they did me wrong, I won't be back. I don't care if it's semi-annual. I don't care if it's 75% off. I'm just not going to go back. And I think that sometimes we have to call it what it is. And sometimes our Black brothers and sisters need a TED Talk or a webinar or a training session on how to present your business, you know what I mean? Or like how, like the platform or something. Because sometimes people have the idea of that, that people have to support your business. And that's not true, you know what yeah. I mean? Like people support you. Sometimes, I promise you, like I have some friends, like I bought something, I ain't even gonna wear it. But I'm just saying, because who you are, <laughs> I want you to know that I see your vision too. Yes. Um, I want you to know, I love you. Um, that I support your vision. Um, and I think just sometimes we have to say like the truth of the matter is like they first of all, if I go to a soul food restaurant, they want to charge me $2 for this dinner and give me one scoop of cabbage, three pieces of rice. Y'all know the truth. Like y'all know. Like, cause I, it's like, man. And then it seemed like I don't go into a black owned business with the mindset of let me get a handout because I, you, people fail to realize how much buying power black people have. If we knew how much buying powder power we had, we could shut down the economy and we could create our own stores. We could create, that's a whole nother conversation of people who believe that um, segregate. I mean, when we implemented from black to whites, it was, it was um, negative, a negative con. It was a con towards us because when we didn't have those things, we had our own pharmacies, we had our own clothing markets, we had our own banks, we had our own money. So they believe that segregation, but that's a whole different, you know, conversation. But I'm just saying that sometimes we got to call it what it is. Sometimes it's not just us not wanting to support you because I'm going to support. But a thing of that, I even going to give you a second chance. Sometimes a third chance. I mean, this restaurant we went through the other night, I went one time, seafood restaurant. Went one time, messed my food up, nasty. Seafood boil, y'all. This wasn't, it wasn't $20. I think it was 70 something. Okay. Second time I went. 70? Second time I went, messed my food up again. My husband went this past week, messed it up a third. Okay, I'm done. And then I'm you done. don't want to provide no... I'm sorry. I understand that it was wrong. You know what I mean? But so sometimes it's just not the product or the business because sometimes I see the vision. I'm like, man, I can see where God can take you and I can support you. But sometimes we got to call it what it is. And if it's your customer service is a dud or your product is a dud, then. And, and that's not to say that's not to say that people's you want to shoot people ideas down. You know what I mean? Because sometimes people have great ideas. It just need a little bit of tweaking. Um. I heard, I think I was watching, I think Tia was on it. I'm not sure if it was Tia, but Ember had a pro, uh, um, uh, a video and the lady was like, we have a good product, but you don't have no roots. Like you got to make sure that your product has roots. You know what I mean? From beginning to end. And I think Alyssa said it said it best in how you have to do the analytics of everything. Like you can't be giving out products for free. It is people who want to come to the cookout when you take seven plates and brought no food. That's the people who be coming to y'all business, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, you're absolutely right though because i had 
a crazy experience um, this year, actually, a couple weeks ago. I printed a shirt, did not do quality assurance, okay? And it was a misprint on it. I didn't realize it until after I had already sent out orders. One of the customers sent me a message and was like, hey, um, did you know that there's like a misspelling in your shirt? And I'm like, no way. And she was like, yeah. So I said, thank you, pulled the shirt down. I did a video. I was like, look, it was my fault. That was me. Um, I absolutely owned up to it. But I'm like, it was my fault. I wasn't gonna get on there and be nasty. I wasn't gonna get on there and be upset with anybody else. Um, I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna take this L. I'm gonna replace your shirt. Um, and when I send it to you, I'm gonna send you with a coupon so that when you come back, you get a coupon off of something else because I've inconvenienced you because it was my fault. I didn't look through it. I didn't check that out. Um, so I had to do that. So absolutely own it. You got to call it what it is. I messed up. It's my fault and I'm gonna fix it. Um, and then with all the blank shirts, what I ended up doing is because I had talked about earlier, um, I do a lot of um, philanthropy work. So I basically called one of the safe houses that I work for, um, that I work with often. I was like, hey, do y'all need some sweatshirts? Like, I don't know if y'all have any survivors coming in. Do you need anything? She was like, absolutely. So I ended up sending a shipment of shirts to South Carolina to make sure that they had their stuff. Um, so it's just simple stuff like that. Like I wholeheartedly agree. You got to own up when you make a mistake, especially being a black owned business because we already got one up against us. Yeah. Yeah. Any other sermons? I like what Lindsay was going, you know. <laughs> I like what was said earlier about like being honest because this is brand. I'm not gonna even say the name, but this is brand of handbags that's like super expensive, a couple hundred dollars. And somebody was saying, like, you know, this brand sells this, it's black owned too, sells these handbags for like hundreds of dollars, and it's like HM quality. You can get the same thing for forty dollars HM, you know? So I think that's a big part of it because it's like I understand you should be getting your worth but let's relax now not like five ten times your worth like let's you know keep it at a decent level but I think too another thing is you know in general you know when black people see other black people where there's not a lot of black people they just think you're automatically friends so I feel like when it comes to black owned businesses that's why the whole discount conversation always comes up they don't even have to know you it's just like, oh, come on, girl, you know, you can do this for me. And it's just like, no, you can pay the full price. <laughs> and I think that's the problem when it comes to support. But that was my two cents. I had no sermon. That was good, babe. Like, that was so good. It was good because that's true. Like, I get it, y'all. Like, I all, I get it about what you're worth and your, your ideas, but everybody had to start somewhere. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Very I'm not cool. saying you coming out and charging 99 cent for your stuff, but some, Lord, I pray this person up. Not watching this, Lord Jesus. Um, <laughs> you could somebody, they, somebody I know was selling it's on a lot of platforms, so okay. And you know, what? I'm not gonna say this because I, I don't want to offend them, but I know somebody who was selling a product, and this product was like expensive y'all like really expensive and i'm all about support i told y'all one time i'm gonna support you even if i'm not gonna wear you are you are um, so you i want are you to like know that. that i'm gonna support your vision and i respect you in stepping out because everybody can't be an entrepreneur i can't do it um but i mean astronomical price like not even like i feel like you have to test the market you know what i mean like you got to do 
comparative market analysis or you know how much is this product going for in my area you know what i mean like how much is this and i do believe that and y'all could tell me if i'm wrong i don't have no business ain't trying to get no business it, i applaud y'all i really do um it's kind of like do, do y'all look at things and say hey the average in this arena because you have different arenas for different things. Like, you know, like you, like right. they say, you have handbags, then you have the lavish handbags, then you got the Burlington, TJ Maxx, you know, it's like different arenas, you know, in which you're trying to play in. So do you like select an arena, say, this is, this is my target audience and this is who I'm selling to. And this is my target price. Not Ross. Um, <laughs> But that's, I guess that's my question, because sometimes I do believe that happens. Like I understand paying for what you're I mean, being paid for what you're worth. But sometimes that's a trend. It escalates. You know what I mean? Like you can't come in with like, I don't know, a cup and like this cup is ninety nine dollars. But you haven't done any legwork. Like a lot of people charge ninety nine dollars for certain things because you know what I mean? It's their name mm -hmm. after they put that legwork out there. So do y'all like test the market? But I guess it's kind of different for both of y'all, I guess, too, because you're doing clothing and Tia's doing like um, body care. And so I guess it would be a whole different market. Um, but kind of along question. the same lines, though, of testing out your market and figuring out what it is you're supposed to be charging someone. Um, yeah, I think that's all a part of it. As you progress, things start to cost more money. Um, and one of the things that I'm huge on is that um, I talk about it. I've talked about it openly, but um, I'm actually in the process of trademarking Sanctify. So in a couple months, I will absolutely own my name. So it's a different caliber of, I'm of course not going to be like, oh, now my shirts are $99. I'm not going to do that. But I'm like, there's a certain level I will not come beneath because like, no, I own this. Like this is mine. Um, so I think that's a part of it too. A lot of times we we want to up prices based on this idea, but we don't own what we are jumping these prices on, if that makes sense. Like I would pay $99 for a cup if it's like a patented cup. You get what I'm saying? Like your stuff is patented. You've like been strategic. You've created this cup. I get it. Um, like she said, she's in, Tia's like, I'm in the kitchen. I'm making, I'm mixing stuff up. It's trial and error. Like that is blood, sweat, and tears in that. Um, so yeah, I'm going to pay for it because I know you're putting in the work. Um, but sometimes people, I feel like the inflation of prices is just because you just feel like that's what Kim Kardashian is charging for perfume. So I'm going to make a perfume and I'm going to charge that too. And I'm like, no, ma'am, regardless of how Kim got there, she's there. So she could do that. You cannot. <laughs> yeah, that's important, too, because like Lindsay said, um, you know, people charging an arm and a leg. Like I do my research and find other businesses that's similar to mine to see like, OK, what they charging for their body butters or candles? And I see a lot of people in the same price range. But then I see some that's like, you know, $70. And I'm like, for an eight ounce candle, like that's a lot of money. But then you got to think about, like you said, like your audience. And when I first started out, I remember the very first pop-up or maybe the second one I attended. And I was in, you know, in the city in like our hood or whatever. And at that time, my prices were still cheap. And it was a few people like, 
I can go to Walmart and get some lotion. This is not lotion. This is body butter that I'm making <laughs> right, well, that don't have yourself. no chemicals in it that's healthier for your skin. And you wonder why right. you complaining that you're using lotion and got eczema. Well, that's the reason why. Like, you got to, some people going to buy it and then you got to look at the area. Like, if you're trying to sell in like a low income type area, you can't come in there talking about $30 for a small little four ounce jar of butter. Like you got to be realistic and don't try to target that people to target another group. You know, that's important right. too. Cause that's how if you it ain't in your target audience. Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you know, like we said earlier, sometimes you want to, you want to help your community, but that's not where there's a wealth of money. Yeah. Um, or that there's money to be spent on that. Um, so you kind of have to shift where you're going. So as much as you want to be at those pop-up shops, and I'm pretty sure you've learned this, like I had to learn too, is as much as I want to be in every pop-up that's there, I'm like, I can't come to everything. Mm -hmm. I can't come to everything because that I'm not going to make a profit off of that. Like you want me to spend a hundred dollars to come to your pop-up and literally people are not going to buy my stuff. So I might break even. So you always don't just consider where you're going and that's fine. Okay. Tia, yeah, I don't know. You a little fired up. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. All right. All right. So my next question that I have here for y'all, it's kind of for all of us. Um, how would you say that you balance having a business or working? Um while balancing everything in life. And y'all both are mothers and have a husband as well. So, and Lindsay, I mean, is, she's okay right now, but the, the, the girls might come up any minute now. <laughs> so, so, I mean, how would you say, and the rest of us, we work too. So, you know, what? how would you say you balance everything with having life too? Yeah, outside life to deal with. Um, I would say for me, um, in the beginning, it was very, I mean, it's still hard today, but you just got to put in the work. Like, like you said, I'm married. I have two little kids and I still work full time and I'm involved at church. So it's like, I'm always busy, but I have to make sure I set time aside for each one of those areas as well as myself. Like, because you can get burnt out with not just having a business, but in life, period. If you someone who's very busy, like you have to set time aside and put things in order or just put timelines on things. Like with me, um, I'm starting to like someone messaging me or about a product like and they expect to hear back from me that same moment. Like, no, I don't have set business hours, but you might not hear back to from me until Monday or, you know, or if I'm at work in the day, I'm not going to respond. So I'll let someone know like, Hey, I'm actually at work. You know, I'll let you know this evening or the next day. Like you just have to put, it's kind of hard to say, like, you just have to make time for it, but you got to know yourself and what all, like, can you handle this? Can you literally handle all this? And to have a support system, like, my family is very helpful. Like my mom, we stay in an apartment and my mom stays above me. So that helps out, you know, a lot. Like you, you got to have a support system. You got to try to learn how to balance or just set time aside. Like it's, it kind of sounds vague to say, oh, you just got to balance it. But 
I mean, that's the only way you're going to get things done. And then as like a business owner, like I'm still in the, in the beginning stage. So I'm constantly always working on my business. Like I don't ever really like just stop or take time out, you know, to go on vacations like that or just, I don't know how to word it, but when you're just starting off as a business, you can't expect to do the same or have the same lifestyle as a business that's already established. Like they're already established. They got their followers. They're making a certain amount of money. And I'm trying to get to that level, past that level. So I need to constantly work. But I know I can't burn myself out. I know I still have to set time aside for my children, for my husband, for myself. So, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I'm a huge planner. That is one thing that I actually was not. <laughs> um, even as a single woman, if I could have gone back and taught myself one thing before I got married, um, it would have been to be intentional about my time. Um, I don't think that I was, but I actually have a planner. Um, and that's really why I started to have to sell planners too, was because I knew that there were some things that I just wasn't, I was I was losing track of things because I wasn't being intentional about my time. So for me, it's one, I always prioritize everything. And the greatest example I can think of it is I was reading, I can't even remember who I was reading something about, but they said in your life, you have to determine what are the glass balls and what are the plastic balls. And they were like, in, in life, we have to juggle everything. Um, but there are some glass balls that if they fall, they will break. But plastic balls, there's some things that'll fall. And if they fall, they're fine. It, nothing's going to hurt. <laughs> but you have to determine which things are those glass balls and which things are those plastic balls. Um, and for me, I'm very intentional about that. My, my marriage is a, is a glass ball. Uh, motherhood is a glass ball for me. Um, responding back to a customer at 1130 at night is not a glass ball. I will talk to you in the morning. I mean, that's just the end of it. I mean, I'm I'm not upset about it. But when I first started in business, like Tia said, I was grinding. Those 1130, I was answering them. You know, I was saying, all right, I got to do this. But then it came a point in time. I was like, look, you, you got to back up. Um, you have to process this and you have to understand it because some things are just not worth your sanity. And um, so that is really how uh, my husband is over there. Yeah. <laughs> It's my guy. He usually reminds me of what I forget. Um, <laughs> so um, that was thing. I actually just hired an assistant too. Um, it was not something that I just came to just to say, okay, yeah, I need one. No, I needed to hire one because it was imperative for me. I need to be able to say, hey, um, her name is Kaya. I need. I call her every um, every weekend. We talk, and I say, hey, this is my schedule for the week. Um, this is what I have to do. Remind me to do this. Remind me to do that um, and keep it going. Um, and like you said, even if you're not married, um, just balancing life. One of the things, too, is because we're talking about kingdom business is um, having a good prayer life. I tell everybody having a good prayer life will help you um, because as a single woman, you actually have the advantage <laughs> because there is no one interfering with your prayer time. Um, your husband is not there like, uh, what's good? Uh, that ain't it uh, <laughs> when you're single. You know, my daughter's not coming in like, mom, um, can you get me something to drink out of the water bottle that I just gave you five minutes ago? 
you can just open it. You're six. You can open it yourself. Um, so there's no interruptions of my time, uh, interruptions of the time when I was single. So as a single woman, as a married woman, it's very important to have a prayer life. And even if it's not, and I think a lot of times when we think about a prayer life, we don't think of it necessarily as meditation, but scripture tells us to meditate on his word day and night. And I feel like I always find a scripture every week. Um, and sometimes I will admit it gets busy. So sometimes I don't change my scripture. up. So I might be on the same scripture for two weeks, <laughs> but I'm meditating on that scripture because I'm like, look, this is my focus this week. I have to maintain this. I have to think about this scripture. This is what I'm always bringing my mind back to. Um, and if, like I mentioned earlier, a planner, like get a planner and write these things in it, write your scripture for the week. If it's, it's a time and a season for everything, write that scripture and that's what you're meditating on. Um, if it's without a vision, the people perish. That's my that's my scripture for the week. Um, you'll keep us in perfect peace if our mind is stayed on you. If I know my week, I'm going into my week understanding um, that it's a busy week. I know that. Um, so if I would say like the one thing, I guess it's not really one thing to balance business and work and life and everything else. But I would say if I had to order like prioritize them and be to have a prayer life um, to get a planner. <laughs> absolutely and use it properly um or use your phone we use our phone for everything put it in your phone like it's super easy to be like hey can you set a reminder for me to do blah blah put a reminder in your phone because um as much as we like to feel like we remember everything being heavily involved in work and church and and being married and having a kid and hanging out with your friends and it we're gonna forget stuff and um we're not as young as we used to be and that's what I had to come to terms with myself and like genuinely say that I am not as young as I used to be. <laughs> um, so it's not, I can't remember stuff like I did when I was 21. You know what I mean? I, I can't remember stuff like that. I can't remember stuff like I did when I was in high school. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think a lot of times, especially as women, we have a hard time coming to terms with that. Like we're not as young as we used to be. So give yourself the benefit of doubt and surround yourself by people that are going to hold you accountable. Um, if you're, if you know that you have an attitude and now this is the last thing I'll say before I um, let somebody else talk, but, um, like I know that I am, I am very agitated easily when I'm tired. So I know my friends around me know that if I'm agitated, they know to stop me mid sentence and say, Alyssa, when's the last time you rested? Are you tired? And immediately I'm like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm agitated. Like. So surround yourself by people that are going to hold you accountable, that are going to be like, um, you know, you know how to say like you can get hangry, <laughs> hungry, why wait, eat a Snickers, baby. It, <laughs> sometimes you got to tell your friends like, oh, you need a rest. Like, I know you want to hang out with us tonight, but like right now you kind of like changing the whole vibe of this because you're tired. You need to go home like you're tired. Um, so just being surrounded by people that will hold you accountable, I think helps a lot to balance your life. Oh, can I say something else? I, really... <laughs> I was just to piggyback on what she said. Um, that's one thing I, I learned, too, because I remember earlier last year, I kind of had a breakdown and um, I was on a prayer. Well, I was in a prayer group at the time. And one of the evangelists was like, you need to get a notebook and just write down, like set yourself until you can, you know, get things together, a timeline on things. So, I mean, I've always always had notebooks and journals around that I use, but I literally have a, 
a notebook for my business, a notebook of things that I need to do, a notebook for work or my prayer journal. And when I'm studying, like I have a journal for everything. And it's like for people who listening that has a business or if you're just someone who have a lot of stuff going on, like you really need a support system or like someone who you can go to or just you know, sometimes we should be able to pray and God hear us. But if you feel like you can't pray on your own or you need someone just to step in for you, it's essential to have like that support group. And I have someone who like, I I don't think I can make it or I'm overwhelmed. Can you just please pray for me and so I can pray for myself? Like it's essential to have that. Um, I definitely agree. Um, I think it's vital to have people around you, um, like you both said, to hold you accountable. I was just thinking of just these few right here because they know I'm I'm a full mess, like extra sensitive, talk a lot, read things wrong, and they'll tell me even if I don't like it. Um, so it, it's just vital to have those. And I think the Joe just made a face like because they they they'll definitely do it. They don't really pay me no mind, so. That's good, but um, it's really important to have those people in your life on a basis, whether, whether you have a business or not, um, because God gives each other for a reason. You know, I say those things very often. It's about finding those people that fit for you, um, because you do need that, um, whether it's just to go out, to pray for you, to talk to, to get things off your chest, even if you need to scream, cry, talk, yell, don't throw too many of my items now. But you can uh, maybe pick up something else to throw, you know, something like that. But, you know, whatever. Just to have those people in your life. So I think that's very, very important. Like you said, prayer um, and different things like that. All those things are very vital. Um, I don't want to say too much because I got a couple more questions and I don't want to really go into those questions just yet. Um, But everything that you said is very, very important. Very important. I don't know if anybody else has anything to add. I think you have to provide yourself with a level of grace, too. Um, you said a level you, of grace. Yeah, you have to give yourself okay. a level of grace because I don't believe that there's ever a time where you balance it all. And I think that a lot of women and moms get burnt out and they get burnt out because they want to exceed in every category. And between working full time, going in my master's program full time and being at home with COVID for the last year with the kids full time it is very easy that somebody's gonna feel left out. Somebody's gonna feel like they did not get 100%, whether that could be y'all in school, work, parents, friends. And you have to provide yourself with a level of grace that it's okay. It's okay if you didn't make it to that outing. It's Because people will make you, people will put unrealistic expectations on you that you haven't fulfilled that they don't even fulfill in your life. Um, So like, they want you to be at every party, get a gift for every occasion. And they ain't even, you know, they ain't even call you and text you for your birthday. You know what I mean? So you have to provide yourself with a level of grace. And that as a people pleaser that I have come to realize is that it doesn't, you can't, you can't meet everybody's expectations. Um, And I think somebody else said it, support is, is crucial. I mean, that touches back to the last few podcasts that we had, like who you marry is a direct connection to your, the trajectory of your, your, your destiny and who you are, because they're either going to support you or they're going to hold you back from the things that you desire of yourself um, or uh, for your family. 
Um, so that that's very crucial. But community too. community. I, everybody said it differently, but community is important. It's important to have people who are going to pour into you. And I think Tia hit it when you feel like you can't pour into yourself. I have found myself in seasons where I've done a lot of pouring. But people can't because that's just who I am. Spiritually, that's who I am. I'm always pouring. Um, but you have to have that group of people who when you can't get a prayer through, they can get a prayer through. And I'm not talking about that. You know, bless her, Jesus. I'm talking about we going in like, Lord, I need you to step right in right now. Lord, right. touch right now. You know, we joke and laugh. But there are situations where you get into where it's like I'm burnt out. I think this week I, I'm burnt out like I have. A research paper. I mean, I think I worked until this podcast. I still have four assignments to do when I get off of here. Um, so there's never a time where you have it all equally aligned. There's never a time where it's a hundred percent. If I've given you a hundred percent this week, and I'm not a, I really want to be those cute moms like y'all. Like I really want to be people like have those no, journals. I'm not like that. They buy, <laughs> they buy them fifty dollar journals. And it's like, you know, I have done it. I have wasted money on them journals. And like, you know, this is what I'm going to do. This is my to-do list here. And this is like, it just don't work for me. But like you said, use your phone. Like, even if you use your Outlook calendar, even then I forget. But even if you could just do post-its around the house. But also, even if you don't meet those deadlines, I just want to stress to people is give yourself grace. Provide yourself with grace. Because a lot of times we're our biggest critics. And we may be doing better than we think we're doing. Like sometimes I, I literally pray over my kids when they go to sleep. Like I just posted this, but sometimes I might get a little emotional. It's the eight month pregnancy thing. Yeah. But it's like, because you be thinking like, am I really doing the right? You know what I mean? Like you have this thing, like, am I getting too frustrated with them? Or am I providing everything that I need for them? Um, and if you look at your kids, they will tell you, not even your kids, the people around you will tell you, like my coworker will randomly text me and she'll say, you are an amazing person. Thank you for pushing me to God. And I'm like, okay, Jesus, thank you for the encouragement. Cause you know, we always think that we're not good enough or we're not doing enough, you know, but just, I just want to emphasize the grace because a lot of people take, take their own self out of here because they just don't know like it's okay it's okay not to me it's okay sometimes we drop that glass ball like you know certain things in our lives that it is important that we have to shuffle and there are there are priorities to it biblically there are priorities to it but sometimes we have to say if that glass ball drops it's okay and i never realized how important it was until one day my daughter did something and she i said it's okay everybody makes mistakes now Every time you do something, it's okay, mommy. Everybody makes mistakes. It's all right. It's all right. Um, and that's okay. Sometimes we will drop the glass ball. Sometimes you can't show up to every event, but give yourself a level of grace that there's always tomorrow. There's another 24 hours. And if not, and the Lord take you to sleep, that's all right. Somebody going to come pick that man up. It's going to be another Elisha. I'm just, you know. Somebody going to pick it up. Yes, and I'm not a cute, that cute mother. Just, just, journals. Yeah, I'll be trying with the journals. Mm -hmm. I right, this is a $2 oh, I am, notebook from Target. I was going to be like, <laughs> let's be clear. Uh, let us be very clear. Um, I probably paid $3 for my book. Thank you. Um, but yes, I am not. I'm not. Like, my husband is more the, this has to be in order like this. And I'm the more, you know, just go with the flow. 
go with the flow. That is my husband. He is um, very much I'm, I'm, analytical. I'm I'm not that. Um, so, like I said, surrounding yourself with a lot of people, and you mentioned being married, who you're married to, um, can change the trajectory. Like, and that is one of my husband and I communicate. And that is one thing that we can that we can do is communicate. Oh, we gonna communicate. Um, so that, um, and I do believe that goes back to wholeheartedly um what i talked about because this is kingdom business one of the things that we did before we got married is we actually abstained from sex before we got married so and in our courting process it causes us to communicate and i think that's a huge part of it being able to communicate with my husband helps me balance my life too that we can talk and we can say okay you know what this is a rough week i have a lot going on i have this huge project and this and this and he's like all right well this is what we need to do to organize our week. So it's very important. And like she said, that all goes to creating your support system in your village. Right, right. Um, things. Uh, Joe, did you have a comment? I just wanted to piggyback off of the giving yourself grace thing. I mean, I don't have a business, I don't have kids, I don't have a husband, but <laughs> everyone that knows me knows I stay busy. Like all my friends usually hate planning with me because I'm always that friend that's like, oh, I can't do this day, you this are day, that always day. Busy. <laughs> but I'm big on that grace thing because everyone knows my favorite line is they will be okay. And you have to remember that. <laughs> yes, that is your favorite we, line. <laughs> we'll be so pressed to be like, oh, but this person is going to say this or this person going to think that. But it's like, what about you? You know, you got to keep your sanity. So, yes, definitely give yourself all well, the Well, when it comes to me, if I say I want to plan something, I'm not going to be okay. So, I need you to give me your date. You will. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. All right, y'all. Okay. So, I'm looking at these questions. Y'all y'all talking good. Go ahead, y'all. Um, all right. This one. Okay. <laughs> Do you feel as though the church prepares us or gives us knowledge on how to be successful in the business world? And... I don't necessarily mean. <laughs> I don't necessarily oh boy. mean. I know, I know. I don't necessarily mean as you like. You have to own your business. I also mean like work world. Um, Alyssa, you said your husband was an accountant. I mean, it could be anything related to business, and I can give you all some time to think. And I'm going to give my flat out answer. It's no. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I was going to be like, oh, I don't need time, but I don't know. Oh, okay. well, it's going to be, uh, you know, comfortable, but it's, it's still no. Um, well, I don't know if you've caught any of our other episodes, but we we try to, you know, be as real as possible, or you know, at least say what we want to, and we feel comfortable saying, but we still say our answers for the most part. And my answer is no when it comes to this. Um, we don't really have, you know, my parents. They talk we about like what we used to have and what they used to have coming up in their, you know, their day or whatever. And a lot of that stuff that they reference, I don't see any longer. If I saw it, it was when I was like a tot, you know. Um, but, uh, well, my, a lot of my friends, they know like what work I do or like the area of work that I am. I am in the finance area and I've been in that area for some years now. If it's not credit, it's with finance and I'm big on your credits. Um, I'm not saying it has to be perfect, but I'm big on like credit scores. I'm big on like bills. And stuff. Like, that's why I was like, yo, you're talking good. Cause $10 a day, that's $50 a week. That's a gas tank of gas. Okay. <laughs> so I don't want to hear, well, I don't have any money. Okay. But you went to McDonald's every day of the week. Okay. I don't care if you got dollars, right. $5. <laughs> 
That's how I and that's how I'm like, oh, she's fucking good. Because that's how I am. When it comes to certain things, we don't realize how much we spend. We even me. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't subscriptions, Netflix, all that. I'm like, add it up. Okay, five dollars, Hulu, five, six dollars. Okay, Netflix. We have ten dollars, six now we're at mm-hmm. sixteen. You know, it's little stuff adds up. Right. So I work in that area just to let y'all know kind of what area I'm, I'm in. Now, there are certain things in my job that I know now because I've been in this line of work for a little bit. And I'm to anybody who is listening or watching, I'm not, I love my foundation. I thank God for my foundation. That is not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that we could do a little bit more to show people. Um, like, and I, I have, I've told people like, hey, you know, this is like what I'm allowed to and what I can. Like, this is not what you want to do. Read your credit card paperwork when it comes because they tell you this is your APR, your annual percentage rate. So don't say, oh, well, I didn't see you. What you did was you said, here's my car. You called and then you got it activated and you threw that away because you did, you got it. You did not read it. It's what they told you to do. It's been great. That's what happened. So I don't think we prepare talk with some of our other podcasts about like marriage and this and that and the third and um being single and dating and stuff like that we don't have a lot of i don't know what you want to call it, seminars for different things we don't have that's my answer and i'll keep it short we don't have a lot of things so my answer is no uh because i feel like business relates to like finance as you said your husband was an accountant so i feel like those type of things all go together because you can't run a business and be like well i guess i'll just charge her ten dollars I mean, I just, you just can't just, you can't just come up with stuff and just be like, well, I guess I'll charge her $30, you know, and then when your money's coming and you're like, well, I wonder if I should have a bank account, you know, it's, that type of stuff just doesn't work right. and you don't not know, you have to know these things and I'm big on, do you have, do you know what's checking account? Do you know, do you know about this? Did you check into this? Did you check into the CDs? I mean, I'm big into stuff like that, but I'm big right. because I now know because of my knowledge. So as far as the church been preparing us no and i'm gonna be quiet oh no no <laughs> i'm gonna agree with you no um <laughs> i was super fortunate i will say this i was super fortunate because my father is very very big on finances and things of like integrity and things like that so from my father yes my dad did do that um, and I was, of course, my dad, well, y'all don't know that, but my dad's a pastor. So growing up, absolutely. Um, but I know that I was one of the few that had that growing up, that those explicit conversations. So as a whole, I don't think so, because a lot of times I think that we slap faith on a lot of things, um, but we don't process faith in its proper, in its proper um, theologically sound way. I don't think we actually do um, use faith properly um, because my husband and I always say, because we um, lead our campus ministries. So a lot of things that we tell them is we're like, look, faith will do what you cannot do, not what you will not do. And I think a lot of times we deal with faith about like, it's supposed to be this magic, this ball that you just rub and it's like, oh, well, That's you want right. to be married? Rub your, rub your, rub your crystal ball, and you know, <laughs> have faith that you're gonna have a good man, and then boom, you're gonna be married. No, no, that's not. Um, so I feel like we're not prepared on how to be successful in the business world. And if we take it a step further, I don't even know if 
the church as a whole sometimes prepares us just to be successful in the world, period. Um, because the Bible what? says for um I like it. <laughs> because I like it. <laughs> the Bible, I believe scripture, we read the scripture often, and I feel like we read it and kind of brush it to the side. Um, it says um that we're in this world, you know, but we're not of it. Which means that if I'm in this world, I need to be able to function properly in it. Because if I'm a living epistle, then that means people are reading my life story. So if I haven't, if I haven't mastered integrity, if I haven't mastered um, what it means to be a good friend, if I haven't mastered what it means to be somebody that is trustworthy, I'm not really representing God well. But I can go to church and I can pray heaven down. And I can do a lot of other things. Um, so I think as a whole, no, it doesn't always, um, we're not always prepared on how to be successful in the business world, but that's where I believe it's important to get to know God for yourself. Um, because a lot of times we, the church isn't going to teach you that, but how long are we going to blame the church for our downfall too? at the same time, because we are adults. Um, and we'll be 45 talking about, well, they didn't teach me that when I was 18. Baby girl, baby girl, you are 45. When we, when we, gonna, when we gonna go to God for ourselves? And when are we gonna do these things? So a lot of times, so it's twofold. No, I don't think that the church always prepares us or gives us knowledge on how to be successful, but I do believe it's 2021. Anything you need to know, you can find out. So um, we are not lack in that. So I feel like it does require some part, um, something on our part to actually do, but we have to be willing to do that. So um, no, <laughs> the church doesn't prepare us, but there is a remedy. You can figure it out yourself. Um, before, uh, I'm sorry, I just want to say before anybody else goes, I just wanted to add in a scripture for anybody who is listening about faith. Uh, it's for the KJV version. It's Hebrews 11 and 1. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for. Hope for the evidence of things not seen. That doesn't mean, oh, well, I want a car. Let me have faith and go get it. But I don't have a job. And evidence my, is good credit. Uh, that, there, your credit there's the evidence is. there. Come on, y'all. Yeah. Go ahead, T. That's, that's the evidence. <laughs> I was gonna say that evidence though, like even if you tap into that, like that evidence, like you read, evidence means that I could find you guilty of it. A lot of us could not be found guilty of faith. We literally couldn't. We could not be found guilty. If it's evidence of things not seen, we could not be found guilty of being of seeing something that we have not seen. Because there's no evidence to prove that you've seen it. But you're just saying, I've seen it. Yeah, I'm gonna be a millionaire. I always say that, and I'm like, do you have a million? Do you have a million dollar idea? <laughs> or are you just gonna be a millionaire? Because everybody's not gonna be a millionaire. So are you? What are you trying to do? Are you trying to be comfortable? Just say that I'm trying to be comfortable. Um, all of those things. So even in it's it's just so many things. Like you said, the church doesn't prepare us or give us knowledge. Um, but if I wish that one thing if there was one thing that I could 
um, hope that they would teach us is to honestly read the book of the Bible, like read it as if it is true. Because I feel like a lot of times we are taught to read the Bible like it's like this fairy tale, like, ooh, this magical story. But I'm like, guys, we need to read the Bible like, like it's legitimately the Bible. Like we need to read it as such. So um, if that's one thing I think that would help the church prepare us and give us knowledge is that they taught us scripture in context. Y'all, she felt that one too, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> oh, I felt this is a good question. All right. Uh, all right. See ya, if Alyssa's done, or I'm sure um, she'll have more to say. I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. No, I'm you're done. not, you're not, you're not, you're not. Go ahead, Tia. For, I was for just going to say, um, that's a, a touchy question right there. But overall, I would say the church overall depending on how you were brought up. Um, I feel like my experience with other people and hearing their stories compared to, you know, different churches, uh, a lot of people who are brought up under like really strict, like very, very strict type of uh, upbringing, I feel like they haven't been prepared for the real world, whether it's business or just life period. And I would say like, I think the, I mean, it's not really a, a bad thing, but it kind of is because we're so sheltered in church that when we finally experience, like, once you become an adult and you're on your own, it's like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know about this. Or it's like, like for me, when I graduated out of high school and going to college, I felt like a kid all over again. Like, oh, my God, I don't know what to say. Or I don't know what to do. Like, <laughs> I feel like we're so sheltered. Ooh. I mean, and that's a good thing if you're, you know, trying to protect us and not let, you know, because spirits are real, but at the same time, like, we need to prepare people for, like, okay, yes, we don't believe this, or this is what we do, or this is how we look, or this is how we act, but you have to prepare people for a reality, and I feel like that's probably one thing, you know, growing up in different churches where they probably lack. And then I said as a church as a whole, because you do have churches out there who, you know, teach, you know, on finance, like they teach on real life things that you need to know or people inside. Like I know at my church, I've had people growing up who I can go to or who will have conversations with us about, OK, you know, this is how it is in church. But in the real world, this is what you're going to experience or, you know. What, what are your goals or what are your plans for life? Because yes, we're living and walking and living this lifestyle. Our goal is to make it to heaven, you know, draw others to Christ. But at the same time, like what are your goals in life? You know, I, I feel like Absolutely. that's very important. And sometimes that that's lost in like, um, I'm sorry, you said your name is Alyssa, right? Yes. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why I just popped out of my head, but um. <laughs> You know, people grow up and be like, the church did this to me or I got this church hurt. And that happened when you were a child. Like, I know people hurt for years, but at some point, like, you know, if you felt like the church didn't do this for you, what did you do for yourself? Like, I'm not going to keep blaming issues on the church or issues on my job didn't let me do this. Like, if I want to do something, I'm going to do it. 
And yes, we talk about faith a lot in church. You got to have faith, but faith without works is dead. So you can say you want to be a millionaire, want to have a business, but what are you doing to get to that level? Like we can have all the faith that we want, but you have to put in the work. And I don't know, I guess for me, I'm different because if I'm not getting what I need, I know how to, okay, let me do my research or how... How can I fix this issue? Like, I know how to do that on my own, but it's people out there who don't know that. And then, like I said in church, we're so um, sheltered that a lot of things get, like, we don't experience or know how to handle the real world. So that's probably something we do need to work on. And, like, things are changing each generation. Like, I feel like we're the generation to help, you know, bridge that gap, like, we live this lifestyle. Things are totally different from back in the day. So we can do what, you know, the generation before us didn't do. Like, okay, you know, yes, we need to know our doctrine. We need to know, you know, what it means to be saved. Or we need to know what it means to have the love of Christ. But also to make it in life, like, you do need to have these type of skills. Like, you, you, you have to know how to talk to people. You can't get upset over every little thing or have an attitude because... You will get fired. Like, you know, we can step up and right. take over what the generation before probably didn't do. I think that's good. Um, here I am with the grace one more time. I'm going to give them a little bit of grace. And I had this conversation with my mom before. And I told, I think I may have mentioned it to, to y'all um, before. I was like, Mom, why? My credit initially was not the best. Let me tell you why. I grew up with my grandfather. I knew my dad, but when I ran out of money, my grandfather just gave me more money. It was no, <laughs> it wasn't like, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't like, okay, for example, I'm just saying like, I didn't like school lunch. So my parents packed my lunch or bought me stuff for lunch. And then my grandfather, I'm just saying, this is like middle school. You get $20 a week. Um, And I would go to the corner store and buy everybody snacks. So my $20 was gone in like one day. So then my granddaddy would be like, I just gave you money. And you're like, oh, okay, here goes some more money. Or here goes some more money. Or if I didn't have it, I could just go to my grandfather and be like, hey, granddad, I don't have no money. And he'd be looking like, okay. And I didn't get my first job until I graduated high school. Long story short, I say giving them grace because I I was like, mom, you didn't tell me about this or this. And she was like, it, she didn't have no excuse. She was just saying, I didn't know. So I couldn't give you something that I didn't have. And I think that a lot of times it was not 100% placed on that generation of people who, who you know what I mean, leading the church. So it's like, how can they give you a basket of eggs that you want and need, but they ain't got no eggs to give you? You know what I mean? So I just give them that um, that grace in that area. Um, it's a lady at my old church at the light. She always say some and some. And there are, I don't think it's being taught widely as a platform from the pulpit, but Minister Wilt, he's an elder now. He always told me, he would say, don't spend all your paycheck. You know what I mean? Or you stopping by 7-Eleven, you can save that money. It all add up. You know what I mean? Like, so there are people who are in there who are trying to plant seeds. Um, So I don't want to like, push that out because there are, I mean, there are some some people in there who in every assembly, I just feel like it's not being taught like it's not being screamed like the baptism in Jesus name or, you know, being filled with the Holy Ghost. I think it is as important 
it's right. not more important, but I just want to let that, that there are people saying it's just not broadly um, out. And, and I think Alyssa said, it's like the practical applications of these things, because in my generation, this is only my story. I don't want nobody seeing like, oh no, I didn't feel that way. To me, when I was coming up in my little generation, I feel like it was, you graduate from high school, you get married, you have kids. And that is the pinnacle of the church. Like that's the pinnacle. But there's so much more, you know what I mean? I think that they are lacking and say like, you can go be successful. Like marriage is not the end all be all. Like it is beautiful. You can go and travel with your spouse and your significant other. Just saying like, there are other things that you can do. Your life doesn't end because you're not married. You can't, ministry doesn't stop. You can be doing so, so many other things. So I do not feel again, that it's being broadly taught, but we should be broadly taught the practical applications of certain things. Every, the Bible does say the poor are going to be with him always, but every, Everybody is not going to be poor and everybody doesn't have to be poor. You know what I mean? Right. If that makes sense. Like a lot of times it's poor money management. Like we putting it on faith mm-hmm. and like, Oh God, please bless me. Lord, the devil didn't turn my light bill off. No, the devil didn't turn your light bill off. You just, you, didn't, you just didn't manage your money. Right. You, you spent your money at the store and then it was time for your light bill and you didn't have that money. So I think like that's important. That's critical. Like, one of the bishops, Anthony, used to always say, don't come up here sacrificing your rent money. And then on Monday at four o'clock, you're calling us with that money back that you didn't put in the offering. <laughs> like, we have to be wise with it. And I believe, like, um, I think Tia said it, we're that next generation that's going to it that's gonna bridge the gap. Because I believe the generation before us, I told y'all this before, my pastor said back home, he said that this is the hardest generation he's ever had to pastor. Because we question everything. But I believe that that's sometimes good, like, why just work with your head down? You don't even know why you're doing it. You know what I mean? Like, how can you effectively disciple somebody without being able to communicate that effectively? Is I mean, you're doing something for 50 years and somebody asks you, well, why you do this? Because the pastor told me to do it. Like, I, and I think y'all hit the nail on the head. Like, after a while, you have to take responsibility for where you are. You have to take onus. I can't be like, well, my mom didn't teach me about credit or such and such, or my dad didn't teach me about credit. All right, sis, YouTube. You can YouTube anything. Anything. And we were the original YouTubers. Forget the kids. Like, we were the original ones that went and found how to do stuff on YouTube. Like, don't get it twisted. Like, theirs is like so lit. Right. You can find anything like the last I've been on like this credit credit thing here. Like, I don't know why I'm just saying you trying to buy a house. No, nah, I'm just trying to be in position that when God is ready to move, I don't want to have to ask nobody. I just want to be able to flow when God said flow. I mean, right. and it is everything down to how to eliminate. I mean, it's, it's just everything is out there. So there is not an excuse. And even if you feel like. Like I tell Amine, like, what are we doing? What are we offering? You know what I mean? Because a lot of times people, our pastors, or at least they can't read our mind. Like, sometimes mm-hmm. I believe, like, if I went to my pastor right now and said, Pastor, I believe that this would be beneficial. He would be like, I mean, I ain't teaching no pole dancing class. So he can be like, All right. But he can be like, um, Pastor, I believe that this is a, a beneficial topic. Young people's meeting should be on finance. You know, we struck, you know, you want to get married. And both of y'all got a credit score of 500. Y'all can't get no place to live. So y'all, that's, that's not it. That's, that's, that's not it. So I believe that sometimes we have these ideas, but we have to 
humble ourselves and take them to our leaders too, because a lot of times they didn't know and we are here. And sometimes we have to bridge that. We're that generation that's going to bridge that gap. That's like, we have, I'm not saying that makes us better in any regard, but we're in a generation that has had more opportunities and education than our parents have. And it's not because without them, we wouldn't have those opportunities. Like it is only because of the sacrifices that they made and the people were forced to make that we have these opportunities. So sometimes we have to be like, all right, I see it's not happening, but how much more can I take this to you and say, hey, we need this. This needs to be done. Um, so no, I don't. In a nutshell, do not believe that it's openly taught. There are some people trying to plant seeds that are fertilizing some ground, but I think that now we must be the water to water those seeds. <laughs> we, we need to water those seeds. We need to pull those weeds and we you know, have to take it because I don't want to put all the onus. A lot of times people say they did this, they did this, but yeah. how much more? What can we do? the gap and how much more because like Alyssa said now that I know who can I reach back and tell you know what I mean like now that I have I'll be said it now that I have this understanding let me tell you what that APR is don't be trying it ain't free money you gotta pay it, it back free money right one thing I did want to reiterate, um, because for whoever's listening, I don't want it to, you guys have done like you, yeah, but um, what y'all said is great, but like Lindsay, because she said it, she said to me, sometimes I don't like it, but I'll be like, I guess she was right, she got my nerve. But like, she'll be like, what are you doing? Like, you'll say we don't have this, but what are you doing? That's one thing I will say, like, we can complain about something all day long, but if we have an idea and if we're not, you have to be there, you have to be part of the change, especially if you have an idea. And because I have the knowledge, I can always give it. But the one thing that I wanted to say is I think sometimes, especially our culture, I want to say, we are a little bit prideful and we'll have people right mm -hmm. in our midst. You have a business owner, but you don't want to say, so I had this idea because you got too much pride. Or you have somebody knows a little bit about credit and you were like, I think I'm going to, no, you shouldn't have went for that car because now you have all this extra stuff right. on your car loan and you had negative equity and now you are boom on top of a new car loan because you didn't ask questions about it you know so it's like right. i think sometimes we are prideful we'll have the resources available around us but we don't because it's crazy because i'm not that great at math this part of my job but joe that girl i'd be like all right too much next <laughs> and she'll get excited like oh numbers i'm like no like i'm not with it i know like, i'm saying this stuff on my job but me i'm like all right i don't got time for the, the, the decimals and all that i don't have time for that but i can ask the question because i know that i don't know now when you you need me to look over these terms right here i got you you know so it's like <laughs> right we don't we don't we don't ask we don't ask i think that's part of it too but i think that we can um we can implement some things but if we know that we have something available, why not say, hey, how about a little seminar? Hey, how about this? Because absolutely, like Lindsay made a valid point. Some people that came up in other generations, they did, they, they were just winging it. That's, that's probably why some of them are in the predicaments. Now they may not have known. So if we have the resources, why not? But I wanted to say, sometimes people are just too prideful to even ask because they want to figure it out. But you keep on figuring it out like a puzzle. And it's <laughs> here it is. 
years later, your puzzle is still not together. I love it. You could have just asked, and now you're still here looking at that box. You know how you go to the Dollar Tree anywhere, and it'd be like, it'd be like a hundred word or a hundred piece puzzle. You're still there with your 100 pieces because you didn't ask. You could have been at 50 now, baby. Because you didn't ask any questions. I don't know if the Joe's something that. um, Oh, yeah, go ahead. Lindsay, I was going to say, Lindsay has said something um, that she was talking about how often in the church, like the pinnacle is, you know, you go to high school and then it's the blank area. Then you get married and you're there. You know, that's the the end all be all. Um, And I often tell people it's funny because when my husband and I start talking about our marriage and everything. We'll actually be married for eight years this year. And um, and it's super crazy because when people start asking us about like our credentials and like what we do for a living, people are always super surprised. Like we both have our masters. And they're like, you do? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we do. Oh, so like y'all, like, was that in the conversation? And I was like, oh, that was always a part of the conversation. I was going to do what I was going to do. But I wasn't marrying you because I had no other choice. Like, I want, I'm marrying you because I want to marry you. But, like, there was a life plan before you. So when you said, okay, it came to the point where it was like, okay, you know what? He's somebody I could spend the rest of my life with. It was more so like, all right, here, we're coming to the table. But, like, these are my plans for my life. Mm-hmm. Is this something you can deal with? Because it was never my intention to be a stay-at-home mom. And he will tell you that that was never my intention. From the jump, he was not surprised. <laughs> After I had my daughter, it was no big surprise. It was no, she's going to daycare. Because I got to go to work. Um, that was just a known fact. So I think it's, um, again, one of those things like preparing you for that like that's a part of being successful like i said not just to be successful in the world just to how to be successful period so when we come to like she said lindsay reaching back and dealing with the college students we're like hey if you want to be married that's fine but you need to have a life plan so we're going back and teaching like no make sure that you have yourself together make sure that you have your life plans laid out and all of that before jumping into it so like she said they didn't know so um Cause like my parents got married when they were 18. Uh, no. <laughs> so for me, it was different because there were some things my mom wasn't able to properly, my mom isn't able to properly teach me how to do because my mom was a stay at home mom. They got married at 18 and they had 11 children. My mom didn't work. It hasn't worked until like since 1973. So there are some things about being a stay-at-home mom. Like I'm like, mom. Mm-mm. She's like, yeah, because you know, I do laundry every day and blah, blah. And I'm like, mom, mom. I'm not home all day though. Like I got a, I got a nine to five, and I run a business, and Kendall works somewhere, and I got to pick up Grayson from school. Then I got to take her to dance, and then, so it's all these other things. So like she said, I think that some things they just didn't know, but there are some things that they didn't teach us to go find it for yourself rather than sit here and just be oblivious to what you don't know. And I'm done for real now. My director always says, when you know better, you do better. Um, And I think that's what it is too. Um, 
And this last pen, and I'm, I'm really done. Um, I don't want nobody to think that we we not can stay at home moms because it is an awesome job. It is oh, absolutely in its own right. It is amazing. I believe that it's a hundred percent satisfying. You just got to know yourself, and you mm -hmm. got to know who you are. And I know who I am, and I know what I bring to the table, and I know the values that I bring to the table. And I'm doing my children a benefit. I'm. I mean, they. I just want to say that. Like, I don't want to knock nobody. If you want to be a stay-at-home absolutely beautiful. Um, this ain't for me. And it's a whole nother type of full-time job. It's just not for me. <laughs> okay. All right. Now that everyone has spoken. Um... <laughs> Welcome. I'm playing. To the question, I will say that I think the church can do a better job. Um, and I will also take what other people were saying of not putting it all on them. Um, and I say that because, like, people love to say, oh, if a man don't work, he don't eat. Okay, but like what Alyssa said, what is your life plan? It's not just I'm going to be, I'm not going to say a job description because there might be somebody that will never nobody, but <laughs> I'm going to do this every day to pay these bills and whatever. Like, no, what is your plan for life? And I think a lot of the things, because when you look at the church, like, I'm not going to say that, oh, everybody's not successful per se, but like some people are just working to pay bills. Like they don't really have a life plan. They don't want to become something or go to college for this or get, pick up these trades right. for that or whatever. And I think that's a lot of the problem because it's like, you're just taught to make sure you have money in the bank and you can provide, but like, where's that taking you? Cause a lot of times these jobs be dead end jobs. It can be lost at any time. Like you want some type of security. And I think that, a lot of the problem sometimes is that people don't want to do the extra work. They just want to have the cash and then keep it going. Right. And I feel like, and the thing is like, when you're not really taught that here, you're going to learn it elsewhere. And if your peers or whatever, are just saying, Oh, you can just, you know, we can just do this little dead end job. Well, then I can use that, that term, but this little dead end job real quick. And you're going to go with that because, okay, yeah, make some quick money. You know, but it's not, no one is really teaching that life plan thing. And I think that's what's so important because it's like, why, why are we struggling? We're the head and not the tail above and not beneath. Why are we struggling? We, we supposed to Never. be the ones that they looking up to everybody else, but it's the other way around. And I think that's a huge thing. And that's something I've always noticed. Like even with education, I'm not saying that you should have an education, but like, why do, why don't people want it anymore in the church? You know what I'm saying? And even if you don't, Again, back to the life plan. One way or the other, you have to have some some something that's gonna carry you, like a career, some form of whatever. But it's just it's all about easy money now. And it's not it's not the way really. But yeah. I'm sorry, this is the last thing. Let me repeat oh, okay. for lying. This is the last thing. This is my okay, favorite scripture. Girl, I have good. fainted unless I believe to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. God well, tells us we got some good things that we are going to enjoy here. And I'm not saying that everybody has to go to college because there are some trades that's out here that's really bomb. Um, there are some different things. I mean, my husband didn't go to college, but he is one of the most intellectual people. If you sit down and talk to him on it, he loves Jesus for sure love him to sure. go to sleep um but he's he's like my grandfather my grandfather dropped out in the seventh grade they read so many books and they're so intellectually intelligent so i'm not saying that i'm just saying that we all don't have to be poor and i'm not saying that we get to such a level where we don't reach back because i'm gonna give 
and because I am what I am because of the grace of God. Um, but like Najol said, it's that lack of plan. You can't put that stuff on faith. You know what I mean? I think Alyssa took it back. It's like, Jesus is going to do this, but what did you do? You know what I mean? Like you have to put some gas in your tank for your car to move. What good is your iPhone if you don't have a battery? Like it becomes a useless device. Um, so it's very imperative that we know that God is, we're going to enjoy some good things that God has for us here. We're not going to be always be tilling the land and ain't no, there's not going to be no harvest. Um, we can have a harvest. We can be successful. We can be saved and successful. Um, yeah, I just want to put that pin in it because sometimes we believe that when you get, you just always going to be poor down to my last time waiting for a new pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say that, Lord, because please don't blow on my money. I'm just saying, I trust you. I'm just saying. I just want to talk to you. I don't want to, I feel like I heard like two new topics uh, that we can have a podcast on, like while y'all were talking. One, if not both of them were already in the works. And that is, I know we're supposed to have a finance one and then there's probably an education one that's going to come. But I heard someone say cash and y'all know, you can have all the cash in the world, but if you don't have any credit to speak for it, it won't get you but so far in the real world. Yeah, you can buy things, but you need credit. It's going to, it needs to speak for you. It needs to speak for you. And that's what, it needs to speak for you. I'm sorry, y'all know what keeps saying that. You need it. It's just something you need. Yeah, you want cash. And if you are rich and you can buy everything cash, cool. But there's going to come a time where you need credit. And if you don't have it to speak for you, you're going to be in it. You're going to need a co-signer. Okay. Sometimes you need to. Um, and then I heard Joel was like, like, we don't want careers anymore. And we don't know why. It's because a lot of us are lazy. We don't want to work for anything. We don't want to put in the work. We don't want to start here and maybe scrub a toilet. I think uh, there was somebody in our, right in Central District was like, I think it might, I'm sure he doesn't mind me saying, I think it was like Guy Barnes. He was like, he works for the government and his first job, he got a call back and it was like cleaning the, the building that he very manages to this day. So we don't want to put in the hard work to get somewhere else. So that's the problem. Um, and I'm going to move right on to the next question. Um, I'm going to start with the scripture. It's Mark 8 and 36. Um, as it reads, I'm sure we have um, all heard this. For what shall the prophet of man, if he gain the whole world and lose his soul, his own soul. And my question to follow up with that is, um, are our souls easily forsaken when our goals finally start to take off? Um, and that doesn't have to be a business. Um, it could be any goal. Um, I, I got like a, a promotion on my job where I, you know, I was like doing auditing and different things like that. I have always tried to remain, you know, Lord, if you bless me with this, I remember there was one job I was working when I worked at Bank of America. Um, and I told the Lord, like, if you allow me to get this job, I will give such and such amount in every offer. Because one thing that I stand by is that we can't say, oh Lord, bless me with this, bless me with a car, bless me with a apartment, but then your, your pocket get light when it comes to offering. My friends know that I don't believe, I don't believe in none of that. I don't believe, I don't believe that when you ask the Lord to bless you with something financially, as far as the gain, and then your pockets get light when it comes to your to the house of the Lord. Your pockets get light when it comes to blessing somebody who may be in need. I I don't I don't I don't like stuff like that. That's me personally, and I don't believe that the Lord accepts that because if you was making twenty dollars and now you're making two hundred dollars and your offer is still two dollars, you know. So right. I, my question to y'all is like, do you think it's easy for us to be like, oh well, my goals are taking off. I got my business. You know, I'm selling two hundred shirts. I'm selling two hundred body butters. You know, whatever it might be. <laughs> Joe, you got your degree and everything like that. You like, yeah, I'm running the school now. Right. You know, whatever it might be. I'm about to build my building in engineering. You know, I don't know. Lindsay, you up here like, yeah, well, I'm about to write all these checks. You know, I don't know. You know, like. <laughs> 
do you think it's easy for us to easily just realize, oh, well, what about, you know, God, you know, because our soul at the end of the day is what, what matters, you know, and sometimes I think I, I get what y'all are trying to say because like we're content with, I don't want to name any because any job that we have, especially now in this crucial time, is a blessing to have a steady income. So sometimes we get content, but then once we get elevated, it's like we forget about the Lord. <laughs> so do y'all think like, it's easy to do that? And why do you think it's so easy? I feel like the issue starts out like people did you really have a personal relationship with God? Like, are y'all really connected? Because if you really love the Lord and have that relationship with him, with the Lord, you, you wouldn't forget about, you know, your relationship with God. Like, your goal is taken off. Like, God's supposed to be number one ahead of our life. So if if you really live in and believe that thing and have that personal relationship then that wouldn't be an issue. But for someone who never really had a relationship and you're just doing the motion, like, okay, I know I go to church on this day. We got service this day. I know this is scripture reread every Sunday. That That's why, like, you forget. It's important. And I've, like, during this pandemic, we've had plenty of time to do whatever we need to do. Like, and I've learned, um, I think for me, I've definitely got closer to God during this pandemic. And you just, you you have to have a personal relationship. That's all I got to say. Yeah, I think I'd agree. I think it is, I will say this. I think it is easy. Um, to do so, because anything that requires less resistance, with, like with my flesh, is easy to do. Mm-hmm. So the fact that um, just saying, God, OK, you got me here and then I'm done is easy to do because my flesh has gotten what it's asked for. Um, so I think it is easy. But does it have to happen? No. Um and I think that it goes back to what Tia said, is what kind of relationship did you have in the beginning? Um, I don't wait to commit to God based on what he can give me. And I always tell people that it's much easier to say, um, it's, it's very, very easy to just forsake God in those times, because if I haven't created a foundation where I'm like, God, I honor you for who you are and not what you can do for me. And I, that's how I try to position myself now is to be like Christ in that manner of um, I will always consider another. I always consider someone else in it. So that's why I'm one of the I actually like to one day I do believe that I'm going to be a millionaire. Um so one of the things that I try to do is to research millionaires that have declared their belief in God, because I think it's a difference in it. Um, so, and one of the things that they talked about was to have a cause, always have a cause that you have. Um, and they and a list of things for, and the way that they put it was when my cup runs over. So it's a list of things that you write that I have written down for when my cup is overflowing, when I have more money than I can spend, 
when I have more time to do, to give of those efforts, um, I have a list of things that I'm going to do to make sure that when I get there, when my goals are already taken care of, when I have, like I said, when I have more money than enough, that I won't just be sitting idle. And it goes back to our question before, if you don't have a plan, then it's easy to get distracted because you don't have anything else to do. You're just like, oh, I'm going to get a degree and I'm going to make a lot of money. So then you start making a lot of money and then it's like, what are you going to do with that? Are you going to, are you going to volunteer more now that you have more time or anything like that? Um, so for me, it's important to have that list of things that says when my cup runs over, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pay for lunch at a school, you know, pay for all the lunch tickets for all the kids at a school. Um, and one of the things that I'm huge on is sex trafficking because I ended up, I think last year for my birthday, I did um, a 5K, but I donated all of the proceeds from it to a human trafficking um, thing. It's called the Safe House Project. And I did it because it was kind of in my mind. I didn't, when I started realizing it and finding a cause for being wealthy and, you know, things I wanted to do, I, re I didn't realize how prevalent sex trafficking was and how um, it was affecting the black community, realistically. Um, so I started digging into it and it kind of blew my mind. So I always kind of like every month we'll take um, something from what we're doing and donate it to somebody or donate it to something. Um, we try to do that every month just to do it. So I think if you have a plan, it's not, um, you'll be less likely to just forget about God when you reach your goal. It's very easy. Um, I don't even think that you can have a relationship with the Lord and it still be easy um, because the enemy right. is um, walking to and fro, seeking who he seeking whom he may devour. And so he's going to come after you. He's going to come after your mind. He's going to come after those things. Um, but I think your ultimate purpose in your business is what am I doing this for? Um, like Alyssa and um, Tia said, it's like, what is your purpose? Because regardless of um whatever different things are a lot of people are are um are led away um from their own lusts and their own temptations that they've given into um a lot of people didn't start off like i want to do this or i want to be rich like i don't have a desire to be rich i have a desire to be comfortable but i have a desire more so to, that i have enough that i have enough to bless others but that don't happen like we can't wait to give to others when we have enough Right. Does that make sense? Like we have to be practicing that now. Like I give now, although I don't have a whole bunch of abundance because when I have abundance, it won't be hard for me to give. Um, so it's very easily to get swayed at the drop of a dime. Cause you see, I mean, it says the, the love of money is the root of all evil, but it also says money is the answer to all things. So a lot of things go away when you're able to walk in the store and say, hey, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. Um, and being real about it, it's very easy. Um, but identifying um, their safety in the multitude of counsel. So having those people who are going to keep you accountable and keep you responsible and don't play with God, because I promise you, you don't pay your tithes. It's going to be like somebody blew on your money. Don't pay your offering. Mm -hmm. Don't get you could get a check for $10,000 and you'd be looking like, oh, it's only $99. What happened to this money? God has a funny sense of humor. So try it if you want to. Try if you want to. But it, it is very, it can very be easy. You know, we're human, but um, just wrapping it up, it's just, yeah, it's easy. Okay, well, now that I am back, thank you all. Um, I heard a few things that y'all said. 
I definitely agree that when you when I want to say like to say it as I close is that when God is at the center, I say that a lot. When God is at the root at the center in most things, whether it's a friendship, a marriage, any type of relationship, and even when you are a business owner, um, or when in the midst of your life and you're having if you're working, whatever you're juggling, if you reach a goal, um, if you achieve that goal and you go above that goal, um, you will know to keep him first. Um, and even if you slip up sometimes, you'll be like, mm. You know, I haven't done what I said I was going to do, or I need to do better. In the end, you will always want to do right by God. Um, and, and that's that. Um, that does conclude our podcast for today. I do want to thank Alyssa, and I do want to thank Tia for coming on and joining us today. Um, um, I know it's not easy, because if it was me, I would have been, okay, not only sold one shirt. All right, that's all right. No, don't worry about it. Please shirt to everybody. You know, and body butter, I, I be tired. Like I get tired when I'm shopping for too many bags on my arm, so I'm not about to be stirring up nothing. So I really do appreciate y'all for coming. We appreciate y'all for coming on today. Uh, you guys both gave a lot of good information. Um, I pray that the Lord bless you both mightily um, in your blessings, uh, in your business, excuse me. Uh, we did not pray in today. We, we typically pray in. That was my doing. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and ask Lindsay, a.k.a. Evangelist down there, to go ahead and pray us out. And that'll conclude our podcast today. Lord, we thank you, God. First, we ask you, God, to forgive us, oh God, if we said, thought, or done anything wrong this season in thy sight, oh God. I ask that you anoint Tia and Alyssa's business, oh God, that you just open up the windows of heaven and pour out, oh God. But you also make it a tool to witness, oh God, that somebody may come and cry out, what must I do to be saved, oh God? Send them souls, oh God, seeking, oh God, hearing of you, oh God. Put them in places, oh God, that people don't see them, oh God. Put them in areas, oh God, Lord Jesus, that only you can do, oh God, that they look back and they know that it was of you, oh God. Bless everybody who's watching this podcast, oh God, even if it's one person, oh God, who may be stressed, who has an idea, who may be desires to start a business, oh God, bless them, oh God, open up their understanding, link them with the right people, oh God, have your way, oh God. I pray that we have said something, oh God, that it stirred up the pure mind of somebody, oh God, that they're encouraged, oh God, that they're able to run on, oh God. We appreciate you for this platform, oh God, and we're praying, oh God, that everything that we say is edifying and pleasing to you. In the wonderful matchless name of Jesus, I pray, amen. 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 Amen.